Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. The official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. This is a week six recap. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my two bros, Hope Smash and Mr. JB Brooks. Mr. JB Brooks, are you sad that we're not coming in live from Destin, Florida this time? Yes, I am indeed. It's been a uh, whirlwind turnaround from being in Destin, Florida just a mere uh, 36 hours ago, but you know, it's back to reality now. But, you know, the good thing about reality is that we still get to talk about college football. So there is a positive there. Pulse Master, are you a little excited that we get to talk the un- uninterrupted full 60 minutes for this podcast as opposed to being interrupted for, um, you know, early dinner or anything like that? Yeah, it's good to, just, you know, be able to uh, talk and ramble like we do. Um, it's kind of what we're known for. Um, you know, one of us asks a question – Another one of us just starts talking about something else for like 15 minutes. It's it's, it's kind of a cool thing. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that we can get back on that schedule instead of, uh, you know, trying to be like efficient or all that stuff. Right. And, then, and there's always JB out there in left field, and he comes in every now and then when he wants to. Yeah, JB, um, you know, is kind of a, a unique person, but that's why we love him. True that, true that. So we did have some football this week besides being at the beach. We did enjoy football at the beach. We did both. Um, Some of us more than others, but we still have enough to talk about this week. Even though there weren't as many SEC games, this is where the bye weeks start happening. Um, Although I think it happened before this, but I feel like there was even less SEC games this week. Mr. J.B. Brooks, what do you have to say about the Tennessee performance against Georgia? Effort was there. They still, they just don't have the talent. But I can definitely say that the uh, effort was better. <clears throat> Mauer uh, played a really good performance in his first start as a in the uh, conference. Uh, made a few big plays at home. Definitely showed that he's he's a freshman with some of the mistakes he made. But uh, there's definitely a lot to uh, potentially look forward to uh, going. I think for Tennessee's sake, they probably should play him uh, because I think the season's already lost for them. So I think they just need to try to build on for the rest of the season and look forward to the following year. Is there any way possible whole smash that we can do what a chicken from this Tennessee game, or are we going to have to reach outside, which actually might be a good thing. Cause you would usually look for the Tennessee game for the what a chicken, I would think. Yeah. I don't think there's any, any what a chickens involved in this game. Um, you know, I thought Tennessee played, you know, pretty tough to start the game. Um, you know, they definitely came out to play and, made it a game for the first half and uh, it was really good to see, you know, them show some life and, um, you know, put a little bit of the scare in Georgia in that first half. So um, definitely a good step forward and hopefully something they can build on going forward. Um, So no, no, what a chicken in Knoxville this week. And no such thing again for the third or fourth, fifth time, JB, no such thing as a moral victory in Knoxville this weekend or at all. There is no such thing. That is a myth. Did you let yourself get excited in the first half, JB, or at least uh, I would say one and a half quarters of this game? What do you think? I don't know, JB, because whenever I'm watching, and Hulk can confirm this, whenever we're watching games with you and it's your team, you always do like to do the reverse jinx thing with your team. Like, oh, well, we were like, we were watching the Cardinals Braves game, and you're like, well, the, the Braves, the Braves are just going to, you know, win here or something like that. I feel like you always say something bad about your team just because you want the you want your team to do well. So it's kind of like a reverse jinx. Holt, can you confirm that? 
the reverse jinx is not going to work when your team is god shitty. So I don't know how it would work in the Tennessee Georgia game anyway. I don't know. I just I just feel like I feel like that's there. Hold, can you? Is there any any of that going on with JB? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, you're pretty much like what we. You know, it's actually kind of a interesting week for us because you know, obviously, Mississippi State and Tennessee play this week, and then I'm a Braves fan. He's a Cardinals fan. They're playing in the playoffs right now, so it's kind of a tough week for our friendship right now. But um, you know, going back to what you were saying, he definitely. Um, you know, we'll sit there and be like, you know, the Cardinals will have like the bases loaded, nobody out, and he'll be like, oh, well, they're just going to ground to a double play right here and, you know, like whatever and like lose the game. You know, it's like, and then like the pitch will come and you'll be like, all right, here comes a double play or something like that. <laughs> I mean, that's not a specific example. That's just sort of like, you know, the type of thing that like JV will do where he tries, you know, he tries to put that like reverse jinx and like, you know, try to make you, you feel like your team is supposed to win. Yeah. Um, so, and his team does bad. It's like already pre, um, I guess accepted, and he already beat you to the punch. It's weird that because um, I think I think about this too. Like, where's like when you when you say something good about your team, you feel like you're gonna jinx them. Yeah, although you literally have no effects on the game, um, but you feel like you do when you say something good. Like, oh man, um, their quarterback, Tennessee's quarterback, freshman quarterback's doing really well. And then they put in Garrison or something like that. But it just seems like you you feel like you have an effect on the game when you really actually don't. But the question I have for this game um, is: we know Georgia is going to be good, and we know Georgia should have won this game by this this many points. And in fact, they actually covered, so they did better than the expectation. Um, but the question is: um, Holt's favorite question: What does Tennessee's offense look like going forward? And I guess the question really is: Does that mean we're going to have Mauer the starting quarterback or? Or what, JB? And I think it's kind of a funny dynamic because no matter how shitty Maurer looks in the game, which I think he looked all right, but if he did anything wrong, at no point did anybody want any part of Garantano in that game. I would agree. I mean, I think a lot of fans just – because, you know, the thing you know, they look at is that Garantano is a <clears throat> fourth-year player, a redshirt junior. So he's already been in the system four years, and he still makes the same mistakes that he made even two years ago. And – it's okay to make mistakes when you're a true freshman. Like, but if you're making the same mistakes, you know, as a redshirt junior, then it's probably best to uh, let someone else have a shot at it. So, do you think uh, I'll re- reposition this question to Holt? Um, Holt, do you think that Tennessee's offense is going to look more of like a pass-friendly uh, offense, or do you think they're going to feature the running backs more with a freshman quarterback? What do you think it's going to look like? Well, I mean, I think we're going to see more of what we saw on Saturday. Um, you know. Mississippi State's got or, uh, excuse me. Dang, Holt. <laughs> Calm down. I know. Well, I, I was I was thinking about the Mississippi State game coming up this week. But um anyway, Tennessee has uh their their two best players on offense are both receivers, uh Juwan Jennings and Callaway both. Um they both had over hundred yards against Georgia last week and I think that getting both of them involved has gotta be probably the most important thing in the offense. Um, you know, you really like to get the running game going, but you know, with their the problems that they've had so far this year, just, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to get that running game going. Um, and, you know, you got to get the ball to your playmakers and Jennings and Callaway are those guys. I think Jennings may be the most productive player on this team right now. He may be, you know, the best player and um, you know, you got to give him the ball, you got to get him involved and they got to run plays for him. And um, I think when you have receivers like that, it really takes some stress off of the quarterback because he can kind of, you know, when you have the plays designed for those wide receivers, he doesn't really have to think too much because he already knows where he's going with the ball. So, I, I kind of think that's what we're going to see at Tennessee's offense going forward. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to completely turn around the running game this year, but, um, you know, I definitely think that the good coordinators know how to put the ball in the playmaker's hands, and that's what they're going to try to do with Jennings and Callaway. Oh, was that the best hit we've seen all year when Georgia – I forgot who exactly the player was, the Georgia player sacked. Uh, I think it was Maurer, and they fumbled it. I think they returned it for a touchdown. Yeah, and uh, the referee threw quite a block on that play as well. Um, oh, right, right. I like or someone to break that down. Um, but uh, anyway, it was uh, definitely a huge hit. Um, I don't know if it was as big of a hit as uh, Garrett Schrader took in the Kansas State game where he you know, spun around like a helicopter. But um, definitely a huge hit, and uh, those ones are always – uh, kind of fun to watch uh, when you're 
Um, you know, don't have a rooting interest in, you know, or, or at least if you're not pulling for the team on offense, um, you know, when the corner comes off the the quarterback's front side, but he doesn't see him coming and they just get like a clean shot on him. It's just kind of, it's kind of one of those football plays that, you know, takes your breath away a little bit. And, uh, you know, it was, was kind of cool to see. I know JB didn't enjoy it, but it was kind of cool to watch. You know, we, we've come into an age where people are more and more concerned about player safety and, all the CTE studies and, and stuff like that. So people don't – I feel like people don't enjoy good hard hits as much. But this one specifically wasn't really like um, a helmet-to-helmet or anything like that. It was just a good, clean hit. But, I mean, I, me personally, I still kind of like good hits, even even the ones that – some sometimes they'll make me gasp if it's like a head helmet-to-helmet. But um, a lot of times I just – I mean, I like watching big hits in football. I mean, it's kind of what you play the game for or watch the game at least is some big hits. And I don't really like – um, everybody getting all scared about player safety all of a sudden when you're playing a dangerous game. Right. And, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, um, we just – I mean, I think us as men, like, we have that caveman, like, uh, you know, gene in us where we just really like to see violence and, um, you know, just great athletes, you know, I guess just, like, flying into each other. I mean, I don't really know how else to say it. I mean, just really cool um, – to see and that's part of what makes everyone love football is those big hits that like gets everybody on their feet and um yeah i mean i didn't really plan to go down this road but like targeting is definitely taken away a little bit from college football and nfl as well i mean it's just um you know anytime there's a big hit it just seems like they're just gonna throw a flag whether or not they think it was targeting or not and they're just it's almost like they're just trying to take all the physicality out of the game and make it just off and um you know i would i would like to see them take back the range just a little bit. Um, I'm not a fan of ejecting players for helmet to helmet contact because a lot of it can be incidental. Um, I don't think any kind of suspensions or anything or ejections should really be in play unless it's uh, someone who's like a repeat offender. Yeah. But that was a good clean hit nonetheless. JB, does Jake Fromm not get enough love? I mean, he was 24 for 29, 288 yards, two touchdowns, damn near perfect game. And George is undefeated. He's hasn't really had – any bad games to me, but he's not putting up the two of like numbers. But to me, I mean, he's still a great quarterback. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's definitely a, uh, an NFL prospect for the next level. Just he's just so poised in the pocket and he doesn't really have to put up good numbers with the team that he has around him. And he's got an excellent defense. Uh, he's got a best offensive line in all of college football. I mean, he's having a solid year. I mean, yeah, the stats aren't being padded, like there are for some other guys, but uh, he's he's definitely having a good year. To to win the big games, JB for Georgia, are, are they going to have to have some big numbers from Jake Fromm, or can they still rely on their defense and the run game to get them through all these even tougher games with um, Auburn, Alabama, Florida? Alabama, assuming the SEC championship is theirs to play in, but Florida and Auburn, do you think they can? Um, get by with the way they play now, or do you think Jake Fromm's going to actually have to, you know, throw the ball downfield uh, and be more of like an air raid offense to win some games? Oh, I think they can uh, get by the way they're playing now, but also I think if they need Jake Fromm to throw for 400 yards, he can easily do that. Like he is more than capable of throwing for 400. It's just, they don't need him to do that. They got a really balanced offense. They got a great offensive line with great running backs, uh, you know, with uh, Swift and Herrian. I mean, they don't have to, uh, make Fromm have to win the game for them. That's, I feel like Fromm is in less pressure with uh, to try to win the game than someone like Tua because the running game at Alabama isn't going as well as Georgia is currently. So I mean, I, I think Fromm is more than capable of you know putting up you know big numbers if he has to, but he doesn't have that pressure because he has a good supporting cast. Yeah, true that, and I think actually this game, I think Georgia fans might have been sweating just a little bit in the first uh, two quarters more than they wanted to at least. Um, but it was a fun game for a half, I would say, until Georgia just uh, took over the second half. Uh, switching gears, the SEC game of the week, also the game day game, is the Auburn-Florida. Um, kind of an ugly game overall to me. Um, Auburn's offense just didn't look great. The highlight for me in this game was Derek Brown almost scoring a touchdown. Hold, did this remind you of Leon Lett when he uh, tried to score a touchdown, but he couldn't because I think he like put the ball out there and he got – Got stripped to the last second. Um, you know, I don't actually remember that. Um, to be honest, you weren't alive, so 
but it's it's like the highlight it's the highlight you're right i'm not saying like remember like you were there or watching it live but it's a it's a highlight jb you know what i'm talking about shut the fuck up yeah dude i love how jb would just like die laughing if like one of us like said something stupid it kind of cracks me up yeah like it's almost, like jb's almost kind of like uh you know how, like some kids like you could like no matter what you say like they'll like never think you're funny they'll just always think you're stupid but then like as soon as you like stub your toe on something they think it's like the funniest thing they've ever heard that kind of reminds me of jb jb's jb thinks he's never the butt of the jokes he's always last to everybody else well anyway um yeah i thought the difference in this game um you know obviously it was huge by Derek brown it was an ugly game uh Derek brown did have a huge game but i thought the difference in the game was uh florida took advantage of their big plays and their big plays went for touchdowns. Auburn missed on some big plays in this game. Um, You know, even like the long pass that Bo Nix completed was overthrown and um, they weren't able to score a touchdown when when it should have been an easy touchdown. And, you know, the receiver had to dive to catch the ball and fall down. And then Nix ended up throwing an interception on that drive. And then Florida on the first drive of the game and the last drive of the game had a, you know, really long touchdown play and um, I think those two plays are really the difference in the game. Auburn's defense played really well for pretty much the entire game. Uh, just like we thought, Mullen came out with a really conservative game plan, uh, gave Trask a lot of easy completions, and, um, you know, they are really able to get uh, Swain going um, at receiver. And, you know, just a lot of short, simple passes, not really a whole lot, um, just enough to kind of pick up some first downs and – um, you know, they really just had those two big plays. And then for Auburn, you know, they just – they ran the ball okay, but they just seemed like they just couldn't really get it established, if that makes sense. Like, they they were able to run the ball, but not as well as they usually do. And um, Grantham did a really good job of forcing the game into Nix's hands and forcing him to try to complete some long passes, which he was unable to do, which has uh, kind of been the concern for Nix early in the season. A lot of people thought that maybe he had solved it this week against Mississippi State. Um, but, you know, on the road in a really hostile environment against a really good defense, uh, he definitely struggled in this one. Paul, are you more salty that Derek Brown's parents both went to Mississippi State and he didn't go to Mississippi State or that Mississippi State lost by a million points to Auburn last week and the same Auburn team didn't show up this week? Hmm. Um, you know, I don't really know. Um, probably I would say the fact that Mississippi State got blown out against Auburn last week. You know, I mean, Derek Brown, even though both of his parents went to Mississippi State, you know, he grew up in Georgia. So I guess it's a little bit different. If he had grown up in Mississippi, it may have been, you know, a different story. But, you know, when you grow up in Georgia and you're a five-star, um, Mississippi yeah, State usually yeah. just get the type of players. So uh, even though they had an um, – I feel like if Mississippi State would have had, like, a really good, like, recruiting coach besides Mullen someone who's a lot more of a recruiter maybe they could have gotten him but um you know it wasn't meant to be if you're a five-star in the state of Georgia I think you're like fair game for all of the SEC I mean yeah Mississippi State doesn't really recruit those type of players but I mean you've seen five stars could you, could you go and ahead, him, Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat on the same team on the same defensive line what never mind we we get JB going again. Yeah. You know cool. Well, because he heard what I said, so he thinks it's really funny that you didn't hear me. I assume the people listening probably weren't able to hear me if you didn't, but I just said, wouldn't it? It's not even that funny, JB. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the way, it's the way Alex is like, what? <laughs> it's, it's just not like you know, casual conversation instead of you know, on the middle of a podcast. You're just like, what? Yeah. But anyway, what I, what I said, Alex was wouldn't it have been crazy to see Derek Brown, Jeffrey Simmons, and Montez Sweat on the same defensive line? Yeah, that would have been ridiculous. And I can understand why JB would laugh now. That was very funny. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Derek Brown didn't go to Mississippi State. He went to Auburn, and he had a couple of fumbles returning there. Almost one he took to the house. Kind of like Leon Lett, but I guess Holt, you weren't alive. You're not that old. Um, the biggest takeaway for me here – Let's see. Actually, the question I want to ask, I want to ask JB, because JB, me and Hull were talking about this, I think, away from you on Saturday. 
or you were probably just were there but weren't listening as usual and tuning us out until it was your turn to talk. But um, I was asking Holt on Saturday, do you think Florida is better without Felipe Franks right now with Kyle Trask? I would actually – I would agree. I think that uh, having Trask in there, I think he's uh, a better game manager than Felipe Franks is. I mean, that's really all that Mullen needs is someone that can manage the game, and I think that Trask manages it better. I think he protects the ball better, makes better decisions and better reads, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's a situation with him. And, I mean, I don't want to say – I mean, it's sad that, you know, Franks had to go down like he did, but I think that uh, Florida is actually better with Trask under center than with uh, Felipe Franks. Well, the thing, too, with this offense is that uh, the receivers are so talented that you don't really need a, a playmaking quarterback. I mean, I feel like Felipe better on the deep ball and maybe could complete, like, some more, like, long passes than Trask can. Um, but the fact that those receivers are so skilled, um, you don't really have to throw it down the field to them. I and mean, you can kind of just get to them in space and let them do something with it. So, um, I think Trask is definitely a lot better than the intermediate passing game and protecting the ball, like JB said. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're, you know, a more efficient offense and a more, um, I guess, consistent offense than they were with Franks in the game where you just never knew what you were going to get out of them. Like a box of chocolate, right, JB? Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Right. Um, yeah, I would, I would say with Franks, I think he tries to be somebody that he's not. Like, he tries to be – a deep throwing quarterback and unfortunately he throws the ball to the other team a lot more, not a lot more, but a lot too, too often to win you games consistently. But you know, the big winner in this whole fiasco of Frank's going down is really Dan Mullen because the media, or I guess to the average fan, it looks like, Oh man, Mullen's doing a great job managing the team. Still pushing them forward with their backup quarterback. And he's doing all this, with like a subpar quarterback when Franks was like his five-star quarterback that did so well at the end of last year. But I think most people, I mean, at least us, and I think we, we have a good feel for every, everyone is um, that Franks wasn't a good quarterback anyway. Right. And, you know, I do think Mullen has done a good job, um, but I think a lot more credit deserves to go to Todd Grantham. Um, I mean, he's just done a great job with that defense and holding over to 13 points to, an offense that's really been rolling the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, they really did a good job holding that offense down and kept them out of some big plays. So, um, you know, we talk about all the time the way to be Ty Grantham defense is to create big plays, and Auburn wasn't able to do that. Um, so you really got to give Grantham some credit, and I think he's really reestablished himself. Um, you know, obviously when he first got to Georgia, he was really successful, but then really fell off in the, the second – I think his second and third years there. Um and then has really revitalized his career and kind of gotten back to being considered one of the top defensive coordinators in the game. Did y'all hear uh, – we haven't mentioned LaMichael Piran right now. He uh, had 14 carries for 130 yards, one touchdown. He had a pretty good game himself. Um, most of that was in the 88-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter, but um, still a pretty good game nonetheless. Um, did y'all hear either during the game or after the fact that um, he wanted to go to Auburn, but Auburn said he was too slow for to play there um I did not hear that um I did know he was from Alabama but I did not realize that Auburn didn't offer him because he wasn't fast enough um because he definitely looked faster than Auburn's whole defense on that play that's a that's a feel-good moment for for you as a player when like you just kind of stick it to the team that said you weren't good enough for them yeah that's right and I mean you had more he had more yards in that one carry than Booby Willow did the whole game so um you know, I mean, I, I really like Piran, and I think he's a good fit for the offense. Um, you know, I, I understand where Malzon's coming from a little bit just because, you know, maybe he doesn't fit the, the offense quite as well. But at the same time, you know, it's definitely really cool to see something like that and uh, for him to kind of get his moment against his home state team that didn't want him um, to kind of put the nail in the coffin there in the fourth quarter. That must have been uh, really cool. With this win, JB, Florida's now 6-0, and and they – they have still to play LSU and uh, Georgia, so it's two games, which is another interesting point altogether because, you know, this game was game day, and then they play LSU, which I think that's going to be game day, and then they play Georgia, which I don't, that should be game day as well. So they could have three potential game days this year for Florida, depending on if they keep winning or not. Um, but what what do you think 
the situation for Florida is right now. Because we, we talked before um, this week that Alabama, Georgia, and LSU is the top tier of SEC. And Auburn's kind of only outside looking in, but really close. But now Florida beat Auburn. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's convincingly, but it wasn't. It wasn't close, really, in the fourth quarter or the second half. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I just felt like Auburn was never going to win that game. Um, so does this win against Auburn, JB? Does this push uh, Florida into the conversation with LSU, or they still not look as good as LSU and Georgia? I mean, I thought this game was a lot closer than what you thought. I mean. It was 17-13, uh, you know, deep into the second half. Uh, but, you know, there was a time where Auburn had a chance to uh, take the lead, and they uh, – and Bo next to an interception. And that was really the game-turner. And then, of course, the backbreaker was that 88-yard run. But as far as Florida the rest of the season, I mean, if they can find a way to get past LSU, yeah, they'll, they'll be undefeated going into the uh, cocktail party. But going to Baton Rouge, playing there at night with LSU, having an axe to grind with Florida – uh, that's going to be a really, really tough matchup. That's the Florida game. That's no way with the victory. That's not what I what I'm curious. I'm curious more about like does Florida look like one of the top teams in SEC? Like do they look on the same level as LSU, Georgia, or Alabama. You know, beginning of the year against Miami, everybody's like, oh, this is not a top ten team. Florida um, that just beat Miami. Now since they're six and zero and just beat a number seven ranked Auburn team, do they at least pass the eye test where they're good enough? play LSU, Georgia, and Alabama? Do they look on that level yet? I mean, yes. From week one to week six through week six, they have definitely improved week by week throughout the season. And I definitely can tell you that they they can compete with those three. I don't know if they can beat those three, but I can they can definitely compete with them. I think that Mullen is a great game planner, and his team has gotten better throughout the season. And he, he has a way of playing these games really close and just giving his team a shot to win in the fourth quarter. And that's kind of how this Auburn game was going to. The game was close, but he gave his team a shot to win, and they ultimately prevailed. And that's another thing I want to point about this point out about this Florida team. They have been dominant in the fourth quarter this year in big games, and that's really a uh, testament to uh, the coaching staff of Florida and, and their will to win. On the flip side, Holt, um, Auburn just lost their first game. Uh, they beat Oregon and Texas A&M, two pretty good teams. And, oh, let me not forget, they beat Mississippi State. Another good team. But they still have LSU, Georgia, and Alabama coming up on the schedule. So that's three more losses um, after this game. So that's, you know, an eight and four year for Auburn potentially. Do you think the wheels are going to start to fall off for Auburn? I know that's a very pessimistic outlook for them. But um, with this, this tough schedule, very well, because I was curious what you thought about that. Right. And, um, you know, we'll kind of answer JB's question a little bit there, too. But I don't think these two teams are in the same tier as LSU, Georgia and Alabama just because of the quarterback play. And unless Bo Nix drastically improves um, over the course of the season, um, I don't think he's going to be good enough for them to win any of those three games. I mean, I think Georgia, in my opinion, is their best shot to win one of those three games. Um, But uh you know, unless he gets significantly better throughout the season, I don't see that. I don't see them um, finishing any better than eight and four. Um, and then, you know, as far as Florida goes, I mean, obviously they don't have to play Alabama, but they do have to play Georgia and LSU. Um, you know, I, I feel kind of the same way. I mean, I just don't think Trask is on the same level as as um, Burrow and um, Fromm. Um and I just think that that's really the difference between these teams. They, Florida has a really good defense, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to score quite as well as, as those other teams. And then, you know, I mean, the the second question you asked me just about Auburn, um, you know, as I already said, I mean, I just don't think they're, they're going to finish better than eight and four. I mean, I think that's um, – I think Gus Malzahn has kind of – that's sort of where he's been at the last few years, over right around eight and four. And um, I'm just, you know – I hate, I hate to say that he's going to get fired within the year because, I mean, I still think that he can, you know, keep his job, but it's really going to come down to those three games and how he performs. If Bo Nix was a second-year quarterback, I would have more uh, confidence in them competing because their defense is good enough to compete with any of these teams. But it's just their their offense uh, depends on these big plays. And, like, uh, I just don't know if LSU, Georgia, or, or Alabama, especially – Georgia and Alabama are going to give up these big plays to Auburn. I don't. I think they're much more uh, disciplined than some of the teams they've been playing. 
So no, I definitely agree. And um, you know, Auburn's defense is maybe the best in SEC to this point. I mean, they played really well. I think maybe the only other defense has played as well as they have is maybe Georgia, but Georgia hasn't played the same caliber of offenses as Auburn has to this point. And Auburn's defensive line, I think, is probably one of the best in the country, if not the best. So, um, I mean, there's definitely good enough to keep them in any game, but it's just those other off, you know, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU, those offenses are so explosive that I just don't think there's any way they're going to be able to hold teams to 10, 17, you know, maybe even 20 points um, to keep their offense in the game. I mean, I think that they're going to, um, you know, I think they're going to give up some big plays in those games because um, their secondary has been kind of the weaker part of their defense. And um, all three of those teams can really throw it around. Yep. That's just how it's going to be for Auburn, unfortunately. Good team, but plays tough teams. So it goes eight and four. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see. The other, there's, few other SEC games, but the one I want to talk about um, because there were two SEC teams playing was Vanderbilt Ole Miss because this was maybe not a true toss-up game, but the game should have been closer than it was. Um, most people thought at least it was at Ole Miss, so they got the favorite, favorite there, but um, the takeaway, two takeaways I have from this game is that Vanderbilt was just really, really bad, and uh, the other takeaway is that Plumley is really fun to watch. He's an athlete. Uh, JB, Plumley is an athlete, as most people have figured out by now, and he can definitely run the ball as a quarterback. But um, are you nervous about going forward with him um, as a passing quarterback? Because, I mean, ultimately, to win games, you're going to have to pass, pass the ball. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a little bit of concern, but when you're playing <laughs> – you know, a defense that, uh, you know, struggles to uh, stop the run, then, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be as big of an issue. But also with Rich Rodriguez's system, it's very fa- it's very uh, favorable for a quarterback like Plumlee that may not be as good, you know, as a passer, but, you know, really good on, you know, using his leg, plays with his legs. And, I mean, that's what Plumlee's good with. And, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be okay for him, you know, to play in a Rich Rodriguez's system. I, I wouldn't be that concerned. And I can definitely tell you that Plumlee gives Ole Miss a better chance to win than they had with uh, Matt Corral under center. Yeah, I would think so, too. We, I just can't wait to see where Matt Corral transfers to um, as a Memphis fan, of course. But, um, yeah, Vanderbilt's really bad is the takeaway. Holt, uh, is Vanderbilt worse than Arkansas? Or can we give um, – yeah, can we give Arkansas fans some, like, some hope for the future that, like, they're not the shittiest team in the SEC? Well, I mean, definitely performed better in Oxford than Vanderbilt did. I mean, granted, they both did not play well in Oxford, but um, Vanderbilt definitely looked worse, uh, you know, at least between the common opponent to this point. Um, And, you know, (laughs) let's be real, neither one of these teams are very good. Um, You know, Vanderbilt is just – I mean, their defense has been terrible this year. I mean, they're so bad on defense, and I'm really not sure what is going on with Derek Mason – um, and that defense uh, really, really were not able to stop anything from Ole Miss's offense. And then, you know, not really able to get much going on offense as well. They really got away from Keyshawn Vaughn. And, um, I mean, man, if Arkansas and Vanderbilt played right now, like, I would pick Arkansas. But, man, like, I just, like, I would not want to watch that game. They should definitely have that game and, like, raise the stakes. I think we talked about this before, but, like, last place team has to – like go to like the Sun Belt or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They get some kind of like banner they have to put up in their stadium. Like this, this is like worst you see. Yeah, like I don't think I think it should be like more vulgar, like shittiest team in the SEC, Southeastern Conference. Like, yeah, well, I've I've said for years that they need to have a four team playoff for like the four worst teams in the in Power Five, like Rutgers and Kansas and Oregon State and whoever else, and then. Uh, instead of the winners advancing, the losers advance. And then whoever whoever loses the last game, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, like, what the punishment should be, but it, that should just basically be, like – You're labeled as the worst team in college football. Yeah, and you have to have – you have to stay on the field after the game for, like, a ceremony. And, like, they, like, hand you, like, the, you know, shittiest team in the country trophy, like, after you lost the, in the, the Final Four. Like, I don't know. I just – I feel like that would be pretty funny. What's it called? It's like the Razzies where like you it's like the worst films awards. 
Oh, what is that called? I think it's Razzies. I think it's Razzies. JB would know. That's, that's a JB thing. JB knows stuff like that. Yeah. Well, he's not saying anything, so I'm thinking that he doesn't know. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that one later. But um, the bottom line is whole, both teams are shitty, and you don't know which team is shittier. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, gosh, man. like I, I mean, let's be real. Both teams have been pretty terrible at this point. I know Arkansas fans don't really want to hear it, um, you know, but they've really played like crap this year. And, um, you know, I mean, maybe like I'm just a pessimist, but like if if I was an Arkansas fan, like I don't think I would be like, you know, raising hell over someone raking me the last in the SEC with the way that they played at this do point. You th- do you think it stings a little more that SMU is 6-0 and with Sonny Dykes now and Arkansas is losing to San Jose State? Well, I mean, look on the bright side. I mean, I guess that means that Chad Morris recruits well enough to where when you when you fire him, that you can just bring in someone else who can win like right away once they can coach him up a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that's that's one way to look. I was I was thinking you're looking at it like, oh, that confirms that like SMU was set up to do well, although SMU hasn't historically done well. Um, but there, it could have been like a plug and play thing where you could put a lot of different coaches in there and they could do well at SMU. But that's hard to argue. And speaking- you aren't they isn't this the first time they've been ranked since they got the death penalty i'm pretty sure that it is probably and also uh we were talking about college game day games that florida georgia game whatever whatever weekend that is um that's the same weekend that smu plays memphis at home at memphis and that could be a game day game if both teams are oh no i actually had this conversation today alex with another buddy of mine and he asked me specifically if 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 smu and memphis are undefeated when they get the game day game, then I had to be the Grim Reaper and tell them that Florida and Georgia are playing that weekend. Well, the only the only hope there for well, they went to Florida Georgia last year, didn't they? They did, but I mean, if they're both undefeated, or if even if Florida only has one loss and they're in the top ten, I mean, in this game, it probably has you know the stakes of the winning the East on the line, and a, you know even a spot in the playoff on the line. I mean, do you really skip that game to go to uh, the one that did the game that? has a shot of giving you your uh, New Year's Six group of five berth. I don't know. Like, I do my whole thing with uh, college game day um, every year where I kind of bitch about where they go. But, I mean, Florida and Georgia, like, they've already been to two Florida games this year. They went yeah. to the Georgia Notre Dame game. They went to the Florida-Georgia game last year. Like, let's just be real. Like, let's, like, get someone involved who isn't, like, always going to be on game day. Let's, right. like, do something different. Let's go to a different place. I mean, Plus. you know, I mean, I'm not in that because like i live in memphis but like that would be really cool because i mean i didn't even think about this until y'all brought it up like two seconds ago but like um if, if it does come to that and they choose georgia florida over memphis smu i think that would actually be pretty messed up because that would, like when are they ever going to get to come back to memphis you know what i mean yeah they always pick a weekend where they go somewhere different i mean usually it's an fcs school and i mean i i don't know if I, i'm trying to remember in the past when they've gone to you they know did, like a, they did ucf i did ucf south florida i think or UCF, uh, another team. I, that was last year, right? No, it wasn't last year because South Florida was horrible last year. It was it was a couple of years. It was UCF. They went they went to UCF last two years or something like that for one game. But I don't know which one it was. But they definitely did that. But the yeah, the, I was gonna say the same thing about uh, Florida's uh, too many game day games this year, and, and Georgia had too many game day games. Plus, that game is gonna be on CBS, and they would probably rather have an ESPN game. Um, but I understand what you're saying, JB. That would be a better game if they were both undefeated and you almost like can't not do it. But um, also game day does like to go to some different uh, uh, venues every now and then just to mix it up. But the sad thing is that if they did come to Memphis, I, I don't know if Memphis would sell out even, even then, cause it'd be during basketball season and you never know who they're going to play in basketball and all that stuff. So it'd be funny, but um, I digress from Memphis for a second to talk more about SEC football. So, um, Arkansas and Vanderbilt are the two shittiest teams in SEC, and I think we took a vote. I think I would pick Vanderbilt. Holt, would you pick Vanderbilt? And JB would pick Vanderbilt, right? I'll pick Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I'm going with Vanderbilt this week, but, you know, they both – I mean, Arkansas plays this week, so we'll see if they can uh, if they can out-shitty Vanderbilt. We um, we honestly should just switch every week back and forth, Arkansas and Vanderbilt being the 14th team. Oh. <laughs> Well, here's another. Uh, Arkansas plays at Kentucky. They're both two and three. Kentucky's only a six and a half point favorite. But also, UNLV and Vanderbilt is, uh, you know, another crappy game. And Vanderbilt plays at home. So hopefully, Vanderbilt doesn't look, you know, as shitty, you know, being at home. 
but this could be one of their last wins of the entire year. Is it just me, or does it seem like Vanderbilt has played like 12 non-conference games already? It does seem like it. (laughs) I mean, I guess just because they played Georgia week one, but it it seems like they've played an out-of-conference game. It seems like they've literally played an out-of-conference game every week of the season so far. Wasn't the the Georgia game that was at Vanderbilt and that was uh, like the same that was around the same score as this game right the Vanderbilt Ole Miss game was like thirty something to six. But I do want to say we move on from the Ole Miss Vanderbilt game. Um, you know, JB kind of alluded to this a second ago, but I just I wanted to chime in as well. Um, Plumley at quarterback is definitely um, really recharged this Ole Miss offense, and they they really look like they have an identity now. Um, you know, obviously John Rice Plumley is an exceptional athlete, as you said earlier, Alex. And uh, they've really gotten Ely and Phillips going. And, I mean, even Connor, the freshman, had a nice game. Um, I mean, that backfield is looking really good right now. Um, they're going to be really tough for some teams on their schedule, um, especially some teams that struggle against the run, uh, because they look like a legit offense right now. And I know it was against Vanderbilt. Um, but, you know, they played pretty well against Alabama last week as well. So, you know, I think Plumlee is a really good fit for Rich Rod. And, um, you know, I'm really kind of interested to see where this offense goes moving forward. Two other games, LSU, Utah State, Missouri, and Troy. Both went as expected with the home team winning by a lot. Um, the only thing I would like to say about these two games is that Joe Burrow continues to impress. Um, and puts up some crazy non-traditional LSU quarterback-like stats. Um, five touchdown passes, which is ridiculous to me, 344 yards. Um, and I think he's finally getting a little bit of Heisman chatter now. Um, and I think you're probably probably right, Holt, in what you said a couple weeks ago, that um, he can't really be validated until he plays like Alabama or Georgia or right. Auburn, yeah. something like that. Yeah, he's going to have to win a big game if he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. And I will say one thing about that Utah State-LSU game, Alex, is you got to really give credit to that LSU defense because Utah State going into the game, they were averaging over 500 yards of offense, and they held Utah State to only 159 total yards, 140 passing and only 19 yards on the ground on 22 attempts. So they only averaged roughly one yard per rush or less than one yard per rush. So – Kudos to the LSU defense. They put up a really good performance. I granted it's a group of it's a group of five team, but it was a group of five team that was known for having for putting up some good you know numbers on offense. And LSU really uh, showed some improvement in that department. Utah State actually isn't a bad team. They they're three and two right now. They <laughs> lost to LSU and they lost to Wake Forest at the beginning of the year. Wake Forest I think might still be undefeated, um, but they're yeah. they're not a bad team at all. I don't think. No, they're not. They're definitely a yes, really solid team. I mean, they're they're not an awesome group of five team, but they're a really solid team, and they're really good on offense, and that's what you expect with a uh, Anderson coach team. Correct. The other game, Missouri Troy. Missouri is now four and one after the loss to Wyoming, which is very disappointing um, loss, and the schedule is easy as expected. Um, Missouri should go, what is it, like 7-1, and one, I think, or something like that. Um, they play Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Kentucky before they play Georgia. So that's three wins. Um, they could be in the top 25 by then. Um, Holt, are you at all impressed with Missouri, how they've come back since the Wyoming game, or is this just going how it should have gone? No, I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, I've said this every week about Missouri, but, you know, I really had a lot of questions about their defense coming into this season. They give up you know, whatever, like 300 rushing yards to Wyoming in the opener and lose, and you're just thinking, like, you know, this defense is about to be terrible, but they've really bounced back. I mean, they've played, uh, like, pretty much dominant defense ever since that game, and um, it's been really kind of fun to watch. Um, Barry Odom's really got them turned around. I'm not – I honestly have no idea how they managed to uh, turn it around so quickly. I mean, maybe my preseason expectations were just way off um, about them really struggling on defense, but um, – you know, I don't really know what happened in that Wyoming game. Um, you know, it's a weird opponent altitude. on the road, altitude. And you put all those things together, but um, they've really turned it around. And, you know, Kelly Bryant did get a little bit banged up in this game. Um, not really sure what his status is going forward. I um, think he should be okay. I don't think it's thought to be like a too serious of an injury, but just something that, you know, you should maybe keep an eye on. And, uh, 
The really sad news out of this game was uh, Kale Garrett, um, all-conference linebacker for Missouri. Um, looks like he tore a pectoral muscle, and he likely is out for the season. So that's a huge blow to Missouri. He was really their the heartbeat of their team and, um, you know, captain, leader, you know, all-conference. Um, I think he may have led the SEC in, sack, or in uh, tackles last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or he may have at least been the leading returning tackler in the conference. So, um, really hate to see that. Um, you know, really sucks for Missouri fans and for that defense uh, because he was a really fun player to watch. Would you go as far, Holt, to say that Georgia and Florida should watch out for Missouri because it's an easy game for them to overlook? Uh, they play Georgia. They play at Georgia. Um, and then Florida at home uh, in back right. weeks. I think that well, personally, I think that one of those games, if not the Florida, I think the Florida game could be one that where Florida overlooks Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, it, the Florida game is the one that I look at, and I'm thinking, like, Missouri could definitely win that game. I don't think they're going to go on the road and beat Georgia. Um, you know, I don't know if I would consider being able to sneak up on them. And, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, you know, I think they're going to beat Ole Miss, but, you know, as we were just talking about, I mean, Ole Miss looks kind of like a different team right now than they did at the beginning of the season. And I think a lot of people thought that Ole Miss was going to be kind of an easy team to walk over this year. But, you know, the way they played the last couple of weeks, I know they got blown out by Alabama, but they did, you know, play well early in that game. Um, you know, I mean, maybe Ole Miss is not a pushover. Maybe Ole Miss is going to go up there and give them a really tough game. And I think Vanderbilt and Kentucky, Missouri should probably be able to win, most likely. But, you know, Kentucky is going to be a tough game. So, um, you know, you just never know. Uh, but I think uh, if they win the games they're supposed to win, I think I give them a really good shot to beat Florida. And I mean, maybe Georgia will overlook them, but you know, I wouldn't count on I wouldn't count on them being Georgia. But I could definitely see them uh, pulling the upset over Florida. Any hot seats, uh, hot seat updates, JB, this week? Um, you would think, uh, what's his name? Let's see who I was going to say. Um, Matt Luke, his his ass has gotten a little bit cooler after these few wins here, um, but. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take for Derek Mason to get fired at Vanderbilt, but he's. I think he might be pushing it for it this year. I think Derek Mason's safe. I mean, he's taken them two bowls in you know the past uh, four years. So, I mean, yeah, he's. I think Mason's definitely safe, even with a losing season. I mean, I mean, I I, I warned a lot of people before the season started. Like if Vanderbilt is going to take a step back this year. They lost a ton of years from last year's team, and every pretty much all of them contributed in the in the two in the two deep. I mean, that was a very senior laden team last year. And they made it to a bowl. I mean, it, it was to be expected for them to uh, take a step back this year. I mean, I don't know if they were taking a step as much of a step back as I expected, but I mean, you should definitely give Mason another year. He's earned enough goodwill, in my opinion, to uh, get another year, especially a school like Vanderbilt. To take a school like Vanderbilt to two bowls in four years, toughest conference in the you know entire country. I mean, that's a great testament to uh, Derek Mason's abilities, and he definitely deserves another year. I still don't think he's a great coach, but he also is following James Franklin. And like you said, that um, Vanderbilt or Vanderbilt is a very hard place to win. But um, he doesn't have a good resume. But again, it's hard to it's hard to judge the Vanderbilt because they don't have the same um, same resources and um, talent pool that everyone else does in the SEC. Um, I think we might be time for the SEC Players of the Week and the very famous, world-famous What a Chicken segment. Uh, let's start with that, JB. Who do you have for the What a Chicken of the Week? Um, my What a Chicken goes to the uh, Vanderbilt offense. Ooh. I mean, I'm you know, atrocious performance against Ole Miss. Uh, it just wasn't, a, you know, wasn't good at all. Uh, you know, you only come away with six Ole Miss. Uh, in a game that you must win, you know, because it could be one of your only few wins of the year. It was it was disappointing to me. I mean, just by the whole team itself, but mainly I, I really got to single out the offense here. The SEC Players of the Week. I'm going to go first just because I don't want y'all to steal my guy. Um, it was tough between Derek Brown uh, and my other pick because I do like watching a big guy try to score a touchdown on a fumble recovery, but they didn't win, so I don't – I didn't feel comfortable picking him, so I had to switch it up to LaMichael Piron. That big 88-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter kind of set the game apart and open, um, and I, I kind of like the fact that he was too slow for Auburn yet 
ran all over Auburn. So that's my pick for the SEC Player of the Week. Holt Smash, who you got? Um, I may have to go with uh, Jordan Jefferson's little brother, Justin Jefferson. Did not know um, that. Did not. Yeah, yeah, that's his little brother. Um, but anyway, played um, really big game, nine receptions, 155 yards, two touchdowns. Um, seems like at least one of these LSU receivers is having a huge game every week. Um, it's really exciting to watch. Uh, they've really done a complete 180 with their offense. And, um, you know, I could have picked a lot of players this week. Um, I almost picked uh, John Rice Plumlee from Ole Miss as well. Um, so just, uh, you know, just want to give a shout out to uh, to Jefferson. It's really good to see LSU finally utilizing all these awesome receivers they've, they've had the last few years. JB, who do you got? You know, I'm going to go with Derek Brown. I know uh, his team did not win, but he almost single-handedly uh, helped Auburn to a victory just by the plays he made. He made two major plays, you know, creating two turnovers, uh, you know, alone. And, and also just the Auburn defense itself, they created, I think, five or six uh, fumbles against Florida too. But, yeah, I got to I gotta go with Derek Brown. I know Auburn did not win, but he definitely looked the part of a yeah, first-round pick uh, with his performance in Gainesville this past Saturday. Yeah, where is he in the first round? Is he a lottery pick? That's lottery's NBA, Alex, but I think he's definitely uh, in the first round. I don't know exactly what. Though. <laughs> you, you mean he's not uh, he's not going to the NBA? No. All right, whatever. Um, Holt also wants me to update on these picks standings. I think Holt did gain one at least one game this week. I don't know if he lost that lead though. Holt, who is winning in the standings between you and JB between your picks? Right, so going into last week, I was down by uh, two games. I'm now by one game. We were tied for about 20 minutes um, until Arizona beat Colorado. Um, I was really upset that we different, you know, were different on that game because I really had no idea who was going to win, and I kind of just like pulled something out of my ass, like when you asked me that, and <laughs> I feel a little bit cheated because I know JB um, knew what all those picks were before, and all games were picking before I did. Um, but I'm not going to complain. Um, I'm down by one game. I'm back from the dead. It's a race again, and I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to this race going forward. Do you know all the words of Rocky Top yet, Holt? What? <laughs> you might have to learn them. I, I don't know. I feel like I should take a side bet on y'all, but I don't want to get involved in wearing one of your team's colors or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I do remember you wearing like a Mississippi State hoodie. I did. I did. I had to. Um, I had to choose a SEC school because that was a cool thing to do, and they didn't like Ole Miss either, so I chose them. But then I couldn't support them for long. Um, just yeah. felt like a lot of effort there to support two teams. Well, and your cousin gonna go play baseball there, so you might have to like pick yeah. up some Mississippi baseball. I, I I think it's a little separated out. I, I definitely support them in baseball because I kind of like their baseball team, and I like that my cousin's probably gonna play for them. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely uh, probably put on a maroon hat for that. Um, let's talk about the national scene for a few minutes here. Um, the only question I have for the national games there, I don't know what the best games were, if there really were any, the only thing I can think of, um, the only question I guess I have is JB is Ohio state, the best non sec team in the country. I would have to say so. I mean, they've absolutely looked dominant in each game they play. Granted, they haven't really, you know, played anyone, you know, spectacular, I mean, Michigan State is probably the toughest opponent they've played yet. But, I mean, they've, they've absolutely looked the part of, of a really good team. And, you know, the last few years, Ohio State stumbled at least one game or two games in which that kept them out of the playoff. I think this year, I mean, they could probably run the table. I mean, I haven't looked at the rest of their schedule, but I don't really know if there's anyone in the Big Ten that can beat them right now. They do play Wisconsin. And I know you don't like to say Michigan, but they do play Michigan as well. Um, well they, Wisconsin- they Michigan. Yeah, they do play at Michigan. I mean, that's a rivalry game. Jim Harbaugh it has a lot of pressure on himself to win that game, not, not just by himself, but by everybody that follows Michigan football. He has to win that game this year. I mean, Wisconsin, that game's in Columbus, but Wisconsin plays a really tough style of football, but it, their style I don't think really matches up as well with Ohio State. And I, I would probably – I would pick Ohio State in that one. And Penn State either? Yeah, Penn State as well. And Ohio State does get Penn State. So – Mm-hmm. And I think Ohio State plays in. I think it's in Ohio play, State this year. Happy. Is it in Columbus? I think it's in Ohio because I think two years ago it was in Columbus because that was yeah. Joe Moorhead there. I'm, I'm looking at it now. They they only play Michigan at Michigan. The other two games are 
and Columbus. So um, they do get a little bit of favorable schedule there, but um, I know exactly what you're saying. They had that big comeback win at Penn State last year, Dwayne Haskins. Two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, because, yeah, two years ago, Penn State had a big lead in this game and ended up losing. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that would be an exciting game as well, even though it's it's in Columbus. But, I mean, yeah, Ohio State has looked dominant this year um, on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, to go to Nebraska and just completely dominate that game like they did was really impressive. Um, you know, Michigan State always seems like they give them a hard time, and they didn't really have too much trouble with them this year, so – you know, they definitely look really good and Oklahoma looks really good. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun year um, for sure. Um, I think there's probably about six, seven, eight teams that could potentially make the playoffs. So um, it'll be interesting when some of these teams start finally matching up with each other. Yeah. The only thing I think about Ohio state is that even though they do look dominating uh, or dom- dominant for all their games this year so far, it seems like they look like that every year until they play like the you know two or three best Big Ten teams, and they they do struggle against one team, end up losing, and it ends up them getting out of the playoff. It's playing the Rose Bowl and beat the team pretty bad in the Rose Bowl. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Ohio State lost to Wisconsin or Michigan or somebody um, along the way here. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I have one more thing. Uh, before you wrap it up, I did want to talk about Iowa, Michigan for just a second. Um, I know you didn't ask me for what a chicken, but I guess I'll give you one anyway, just because I can. Sure. Um, I would like to give my what a chicken to Iowa's offensive coordinator or their offensive line or somebody, because all I know is whatever protection they have was completely exploited by Don Brown. I mean, literally. Every time Iowa's quarterback dropped back to pass, there was a free rusher unblocked um, right in his face. Um, you know, they must have sacked him over 10 times, and he was under pressure, you know, way more than that. You know, every snap, three offensive linemen would, like, go to block one dude, and then, you know, they would bring, like, two linebackers from the other side, and someone would end up, like, with a free shot at the quarterback. Don Brown just absolutely had that – Iowa protection scheme figured out and just absolutely exploited it the whole game and no adjustments were made by Iowa. They couldn't do anything. Um, fumbled on the first play of the game. And that's really what I think lost in the game was that was that fumble on the first play of the game. Cause they couldn't do anything on offense after that to get back in the game. Um, and man, like Don Brown, I, you know, I love him. I think he's an awesome defensive coordinator, but Iowa just did not make any adjustments on that offensive line. And they were just, they had their head spinning the whole game. Do want to give a shout out to Texas Tech for upsetting Oklahoma State. That was kind of a big surprise. And also, same week, Cliff Kingsbury got his first NFL win. So uh, things are looking up for the Red Raiders. <laughs> I think it's, I still think it's so funny that he got fired and now he's coaching the NFL. That's another story altogether. Any other final words before we wrap this one up? Uh, UCF lost again. So uh, they're keep on uh, making their tumble through the standing. So, poor UCF. Cincinnati's a good good team, though. Um, the AAC is now in Power 6 territory with three uh, top 25 teams. And that might be more than ACC right now. I don't know how many ACC has, but I think it might be more. Is UCF still ranked? No. I can't since... imagine. Oh, oh, you're talking about – oh, great, SMU. That's right. Sorry, yeah, I forgot since, about SMU. Cincinnati, Memphis, SMU. So, um We'll we'll see how long it lasts, but I guess you can say the um, American is stronger than ACC now, the real AAC. <laughs> so just watch out for us in the playoff, everyone. I might have to root for the American over the ACC now. We'll see. But thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and uh, slide in our DMs. We're not too shy. JB might might buy and send news but other than that we're, we're pretty friendly but uh thanks for listening and we will do this in a few days for the week seven preview see you thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the sec slow smoke podcast Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. 
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend, because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.